All right. You're listening to the Seeking Freedom podcast, episode two, attempt number two. <laughs> this is <laughs> this is John. And I'm Victor. All right. So it's probably good that uh, the, our last attempt uh, probably wasn't uh, probably didn't work out super great. Had some audio issues. Uh, things were sounding kind of garbled and not great. So yeah, uh, starting over. But um, this time around, doing a little bit different of a topic, a little bit more serious than mm-hmm. last time. So um, so I guess to start out, um, do you kind of want to outline, um, I guess, what you know and what you're feeling about the stuff with Afghanistan. Oh, yeah. So um, basically, if anyone has, hopefully no one's been like living under a rock and they, they kind of know, you know, a little bit about what's going on. But basically, you know, um, you know, we, you know, basically there's been U.S. occupation in Afghanistan since I want to say over like for like the last like 15 years or something like that, um, maybe even a little bit longer. Um, um, and part of the concern was, was that, you know, Afghanistan wouldn't be able to stand on its own two feet, you know, once American troops pulled out and lo and behold, literally they pull out Taliban takes over. And now you have a, you know, huge humanitarian crisis going on you know, across the seas. And it's like, you, the, however way you feel about it, the, the fact of the matter is, is that we can, we can all agree that it was handled poorly. Um, you know what I mean? But um, it, it's, 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 a, it's a scary thing to look over there and see like, you know, I don't know if you see like the videos and things like that of like mothers handing their children over the walls, people, you know, hanging onto, you know, the landing gear of, of giant, you know, you know, C-30 hair, you know, carriers trying to take off and things like that people dying because they're caught up in that that kind of thing it's like i look back at it i'm like there's got to be something you know that we could have done better you know what i mean it, it yeah. just it's 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 a whole mess you know what i mean right and 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 a good portion of it could have been avoided you know what i mean mm-hmm. so i mean that's i mean that's the that's the, the crib notes version of it. i mean there's 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 obviously more involved in it there's like right you know there's you talk of you know al-qaeda and hamas support and things like that but you know we can get into that until a little bit you know what i mean yeah so if uh people don't know i i know the news has somewhat touched on uh a little bit of how this exit started i know that trump when he was still in office he put together a proposal from what I understand of exiting Afghanistan. And I don't know the all like the full details of what that plan entailed, but basically we were supposed to be exiting Afghanistan in a, you know, relatively controlled manner. Mm -hmm. And um, at least based off of a lot of the, people that I've, I've been listening to, um, you know, military guys and even, um, good friends of mine who have been, have been in the military or still are, um, what their opinions are on what should have been done. And really, um, so 
I guess, I guess we should explain like what, what happened and what should have happened to kind of get a better idea of, or better understanding of the situation. So I guess, I guess the way, the way to think about it too, is, I mean, you know, so I was looking it up, like it's, we've, there's been military occupation in there since the late nineties, you know? Yeah. We've had some presence, um, after nine 11, uh, obviously our presence grew exponentially over there and we've had some level of presence there either, you know, thousands and thousands of troops over there or, you know, minimal troops comparatively over the past couple of years. Yeah. But so what in the past several months, we've started pulling troops out of different areas of Afghanistan and pretty much whenever we leave an area, the Taliban very quickly overtook those areas. Mm-hmm. Um, the ANA or Na- Afghan National Army Forces or the Afghan Special Special Forces, they either retreated from those advances or they were told by their command or uh, leadership to basically just let it happen. Right. Um, and so the last area that needed uh, troops pulled out was Kabul. And that's pretty much what happened, you know, a couple, I think it was a week ago or a couple weeks ago, we've you know yeah. pulled basically all of our military forces out aside from a small number. And like I said, as we pull out of an area quickly, the Taliban takes it over. Mm-hmm. Um, and in our wake of leaving, um, not only, not only did we leave behind thousands of our own citizens, mm-hmm. we left behind billions of dollars in equipment and that's not just you know like communications equipment we're talking uh millions of items of small arms and that includes you know assault rifles um belt fed machine guns heavy machine guns armored vehicles aircraft and like tons of stuff and it was left there and it is now the majority of it is in the hands of terrorists. Um, and as of several days ago, that was the general situation. Like we had minimal to no military presence anymore. Um, billions of dollars in, in weaponry and really taxpayer dollars of stuff. What got uh, taken over by the Taliban and a bunch of people left stranded in Afghanistan with no immediate means to get out. Yeah. Um, and since then, um, people, or we have sent troops back to go facilitate an evacuation, but to a certain extent that was a little bit too late because the Taliban have have control of Kabul. 
they have control of the uh, leadership and government of Afghanistan now. Yeah. And they're, they have checkpoints on all the major routes to the airport and they've been uh, abusing people. They've been confiscating paperwork and, and passports and they've been doing lots of horrific things to people uh, in Afghanistan. And, you know, it, it's just crazy to me how much, for some reason, our, the leadership of our country is so trusting of terrorists because they are literally saying that they're going to allow this or they're going to be okay with this other thing. And they're literally turning around and doing the opposite. So why are we trusting terrorists? That just doesn't make any sense to me. Well, I think, I think the bigger question is, is why are we getting involved in a conflict without a foreseeable path to victory. You know what I mean? Right. We get involved, we get involved in, in the Middle East and the Middle East has been having, you know, conflict and, and, and problems since before America was even a country. You know what I mean? So it's <laughs> yeah, like- Since before like England was a country. Like, exactly. You know, it's so, thousands like, of years. Exactly. So my point is, is that, you know, I think, I think that you know one of the one of the one of the largest problems that we face, especially over here in America, is that we feel that everyone's 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 system of, of how they do things is secondary or not as not as good as if, if I could say it. it's a poor way of saying it, but you know, like our way is better. Mm-hmm. Our way is better. And in some respects it is, but in some respects it's not, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you look at it, you look at the way that our, our country is set up, our country is set up, like no one that's a part of our country is, you know, was like, you know, can say that America was like their first place. You know what I mean? Like I can look back and see and, and, and trace my family heritage all the way back to the Ivory coast of Africa. You know what I mean? You can probably do something similar to that in, in, I'm assuming Europe, you know what I mean? Probably. I mean, I mean, <laughs> I mean, if it's Africa, that's cool too. Yeah, I did the, uh, <laughs> what? what's it, the 23andMe thing? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, I literally, I mean, and so, but my point, my point to that is, is that, yeah, we have, we have such a, 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 a society of cultural diversity. Yeah. Where that is, that is the, that is the very firm center of our, of our, of our, 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 our country, right? Not yeah. necessarily all our, you know, values and all that kind of stuff, but it, it's understood that there are people that don't look like you that live in the same city, that live in the same, that live on the same block, that go to the same school, go to the same church. You know what I mean? Just like you, um, right. that that don't look like you. Excuse me, but you have an entire nation where their belief system, where I would say 94% of the people believe culturally the same things. And so you try to, you know, impose a, you know, maybe um, a sense of, of democracy in the, in the in the country, and that's 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 not how they do things, you know. And it's again, it's not to right. say that our way is 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 better or worse, but it's like 
you can't you can't take a a, a map you can't take a key uh-huh. and expect it to fit into every lock right and work every single thing you know what i mean and yeah. and that and that's the thing that I, I i struggle with thinking about constantly why are we constantly trying to make a a, a one-size-fits-all version of you know this work i mean like it didn't it didn't work for england you know with the with their their, their expansion of, of taking over other countries and territories and things like you know what i mean right it, it, it doesn't work but you know yeah i think in regards to like kind of kind of relating it to the way that england did things historically because they were a colonization type empire where they would they would go find territories and essentially they would be like, yeah, this is ours now and we're going to go ahead and rule it and all that yeah. stuff. Um, I think the thing that works better that, that we try and do as a country is, for example, like South Korea. And we saw that, you know, this communist regime was trying to take full control of uh, Korea Mm -hmm. and they were, you know, killing people, oppressing people and whatever. And there was, you know, cries for help and and whatever it was. And so we go over there and I'm speaking generally because I, I need to refresh my, my memory of all the minute details, but this is just generally, we go over there, we help them fight the war. Um, There's lots of, of bloodshed for it. And you know, we end up being victorious and we are successfully defend South Korea. Um, I, th- I think the original intent was to push it back completely and have all of Korea intact, but we ended up having South Korea uh, detached from North Korea. <clears throat> and after that, you know, we maintained military presence there until South Korea was able to be self-sustaining, come up with a system that worked for them. Um, it's It has some similarities to the way we do our things in our country, but it, it, they came up with something that works for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the most part, um, you know, we pulled military presence out of there, aside from just normal you know we have an embassy there we have some security there but it's not nearly the way what it was and the the way i relate that to the afghanistan situation is i think if if our real intention was to try and facilitate um, some sort of uh, nation building mission, whatever it is, then we would have to allow the people there to come up with a system that works for them where people can have a say and human rights aren't going to be violated like they, like they were under the old system. And, you know, even after they become a stabilized nation and have a fully functioning economy and all that stuff and can stand on their own two feet to some extent, we still would have had some kind of security support and presence there, you know, in the, in the long term, mm-hmm. similar to South Korea, but instead of, for whatever reason, you know, I don't know all the, all of the details 
I'm, I'm not, I don't sit in the White House security meetings. <laughs> but for whatever reason, we decided that it was just uh, a lost cause and we decided to give up on it. So, right. Well, you know, so I, I, I equate. I equate that I'm going to tell a story about something that, that happened here where, where we live. So, and, and how it relates to that. So yep. we, you know, this, this past summer, we've had, we've had a lot of rains. Like we've had some serious, some rains, like my yeah. house has had some, some flood damage, you know, once or twice um, this summer. Right. And it got so bad in our city where we decided to hold a, you know, an open town forum, you know, so I went to the open town forum um with um you know our, our mayor and things like that and you know a lot of our residents showed up and things like that and the one thing that I I and, and maybe this is just because I, I I tend to always try to take a biblical perspective of things yeah one thing that I I noticed that people were very upset with and that they wanted was they immediately wanted some kind of action it didn't matter what kind of action it was but they wanted we they wanted to know that their government was working for them in their best interest which i understand you know but like yeah um you know one of the arguments was was that this this was a problem you know back in the previous administration and you our our, our current city leader should do something about it now and my thing is is like okay this may have been an issue in the previous administ- administration, but on the scale of what was most important, I think what was most important were, were a couple other areas that need to fix, you know, like, so maybe like streets or, or roads or schools, or right. something, you know what I mean? In that regard. And, you know, our mayor, our mayor said, you know, you know, I talked to her afterwards and she said, I could do something immediately and that would just be a bandaid, but it, we're still going to have the same issue. You know, we right. got to make sure we take the time to do to get the right information so we can fix the right issues, even if that means we have to like, you know, you know, have to be in a little bit of a, a down season for just a little bit. Yeah. And I and I get that. And I think in this regard, it's kind of the same thing. You know, you know, we, you know, with 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 9-11 happening, you know, that happened. And then 2003, you know, in our pursuit of Al-Qaeda, we immediately went and occupied Afghanistan, you know, and while that was, and I think more so than anything, it was so that we can say that as a country, we were doing something proactively, you know, to, to, to say, listen, we're, we're doing something to, to, to get these guys who have attacked us, who caused us damage, which I get and I'm for, but think about, how long we've been involved in this conflict, right? Yeah. You've been involved in this conflict, you know, more than half, more than half of my life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and my, my, my thing is, is that we had, have maybe we just taken a step back, not, not, not do anything because there's a difference between not acting and, and, and taking a step back to like, make sure you're doing the right thing. You know what I mean? Right. I'm not saying that we don't act, but I'm saying make sure we need to step right instead of step left. You know, maybe take two steps this way instead of taking three, five giant steps this way. Because yeah. it's like, 
you know, there, there, there are people's lives who were lost over this. You know, yeah. there are, are lives that are forever changed over this. There, yeah. there are people yeah. coming back with, with PTSD and, and all sorts of, of, of disorders and, and, and struggles that they have to have. And, and for me, I, I have a hard, I have, this is me personally, I have a hard time justifying the good when all the, 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 the trouble that comes with it, you know what I mean? Yeah. I want, I, I, I'm, I'm, I mean, I just, I'm, I want to make it clear. I'm not saying that no one, we shouldn't have done something because we absolutely should have done something, yeah. but it's like, there's a, there's a way, like you don't just jump into a scenario without all the information. And sometimes we jumped into a scenario, um, you know, sometimes we jumped into a scenario and it's like, well, you know what? Maybe we should have taken a, another step. You know what I mean? Maybe we should yeah. ask ask a couple more questions. You know what I mean? Yeah, so. I definitely see that. I think the the funny part. I mean, it's not funny. It's just ironic. The I, irony of the situation is the from what I understand about the stuff leading up to nine eleven. I don't know all of the details and I don't know that there that many do, but some of that has stemmed from our own meddling in the Middle East, even far before the year 2000. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there was stuff. Uh, if you go back even further, I want to say it was the eighties, you know, we were still, you know, bickering back and forth with Russia and Russia was, it, trying to invade the Middle East. And we were like, oh, well, Russia's bad because communism's bad, which it is. Mm-hmm. But instead of getting directly involved, we got indirectly involved by arming basically what was insurgency at the time. We armed them and we taught them unconventional warfare. Mm-hmm in this for the sake of fighting back against russia and then years and years later you know uh the culture in the middle east in some aspects rightfully so gets basically just pissed at the west in general Mm -hmm. because of our meddling and then you get 9-11 um i think that if we, so something I, I think I might've posted it recently. I think in the current situation, I think that two things are absolutely true. One, we shouldn't have gotten this far deep into an all out or almost all out war or unconventional war in the Middle East to the scale that we did. I think that if if we were truly trying to quell insurgency and terrorism in the Middle East, then we would have done it with even more aggression and we would have d- finished it quickly if we were absolutely focused. Um, I have a feeling that there were other political things that were involved mm-hmm. and economic things that were involved that I, I'm not educated enough about those aspects, but from what I understand that those were other, those were factors too. And then the, so there's that. And the second thing is 
we should not have left Afghanistan the way we did. No, not at all. The entire exit strategy that we executed was completely backwards. And I shared something on my Facebook page and my Instagram uh, Insta stories the other day. And this guy, he was a Navy SEAL for however many years. He fought in Afghanistan and Iraq. And he made a video and the gist of it was if I were the president and I was responding to the current situation, this is how I would respond. And it was just such a stark difference to what (laughs) our leadership has done. And basically what our leadership has done is not taken responsibility, blamed everybody else for what's going on and just continuing onward with our decisions and not doing everything that we should do to repair the situation and actually take responsibility. Mm -hmm. But, but in regards to actually exiting properly, because I think either Biden, I think Biden said it, um, there's no good way to leave Afghanistan. Uh, And I would argue that there or sorry, not a good way, good time. There's not going to be a good time to leave Afghanistan, whether it's now or in, you know, over the course of five years, given the situation, what should have happened was they come up with a game plan. They plan out plan A and B different ways to get, you know, get out equipment, get, non-military personnel out over the course of, you know, let's just say they started after the plan was put together when Trump had initiated it. I think it was last fall. Over the course of nine months, we could have been gradually pulling out personnel, had a plan to either destroy or remove equipment. So that way it doesn't get used by the, the wrong people. And then have an exit day where you've already communicated with Afghan allies and interpreters and all them. They already, you have an understanding of what the plan is. And then there's exit, uh, exit week and you, you pull all personnel out of that. So you've covered all your bases. You have contingencies because none of our, none of our allies knew that we were leaving. Nobody did. Yeah, no, none of our allies were really leaving. The, our Afghan allies didn't know. Literally, literally. They none, no one in Europe. They were left. They left in the middle of the night, and didn't like. Basically, people were waking up to our military not being there. The our Afghan allies didn't know. Our personnel didn't know, and our embassy didn't even have an exit strategy put together until literally last. Sunday, Saturday. Yeah, which is why people are going back to, yeah. Yeah. So just everything was handled in probably the worst way possible that I could imagine. And not only that, what's worse than everything we've mentioned is a couple things. One, we, for some reason, are negotiating with 
terrorists. I didn't think that we did that because they were, they've been telling us, you know, you have until the end of the month to get people out. And if you, and if you don't have military out by then, then there'll be consequences. And we're trying to meet that deadline. Like, I don't know why we're listening to them. And not, not only that, but our country and a number of other countries have basically already legitimized the new government in Afghanistan yeah. as the legitimate people in charge. That boggles my mind. I'm going to play devil's advocate for a minute. I'm going to play devil's right. advocate for a minute. So, yeah, they, they've legitimized this this Taliban prop government that that's in place yeah. right um what would be what in your what in your idea would be a way to instill you know or not instill what would be a way to say okay we don't recognize this government but this is the the government that we we you know we we recognize here as a person here is the, the hierarchy. Here's a system that we, as an international community, community, can say we stand behind and not necessarily the Taliban. We had that established already. But then we left and they fell. <laughs> you I know mean, what I mean? You, at that point, you basically just say no. <laughs> like yeah. there was I mean, an understood, I mean, yeah. like they had a president or a, a leader and uh, elected officials and all on all the stuff and they yeah they i'm not advi- i'm not advocating for the for the taliban government i'm just saying how well, do I think you, you were yeah <laughs> how do you how do you hold someone up that i mean because i mean for us to be able to hold them up and say that this is the people that we recognize as 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 your your country's leader we would physically have to be there again to give them support you know what i mean because i mean i mean the, the the taliban came back in such a way that i think it blew everybody's mind how organized and how connected they still were you know what i mean and i i believe in in I, I, I believe in it, and I, I say it in the, the American mindset more so than anything. I feel like we thought that they were this, you know, kind of smaller organization still, but no, they, you know, they were strong. I mean, they, they came and they took Kabul like that. You know what I mean? Every time we, we let evacuated an area, they were there like that. You know they what I mean? They didn't fight for it. They literally let them walk in. Right. Which means either A, it, the 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 what we're doing, someone else is working on behind the scenes doing something else. You know what I mean? Behind you know that that we don't necessarily see what's going on, or B. They did not have as much. We we overestimated their ability to, you know, to 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 be to be a a, a sustainable government system. You know what I mean? I think I, I think it's I. That's my opinion. I think it's one or the other. I think there was either something working on behind the scenes like, hey, I know America's saying this, but you know what? If you leave, you know, when they leave, then we'll make sure your family is spared and your life is spared and 
we'll give you a proposition or whatever. Or, you know, um, they're, they're, they did not, they, they didn't, they they were not as strong as they thought they were, you know what I mean? Or as we yeah. thought they were. Well, in, in some sense, we already do know how the Taliban had such strength in organization. They have support. Yeah. Outside of themselves. Hamas, I think, I think just, Hamas came out and publicly supported them, right? Aside from them, because Hamas has uh, Hamas can't function on their own either. No, they have support as well. Literally, I can't remember exactly when. Recently, a couple of months ago, um, a delegation from the Taliban went and met with the leadership in China, and they had their own political meeting of some kind. Mm-hmm. So just from that, we can at least assume that China is supporting the Taliban regime and whoever else is in support of them. Mm-hmm. So they have, so they're being recognized by China as legitimate. And not only that, but they have likely uh, financial support. Uh, support of uh, military resources um, and economic influence, and and yeah, and other other groups like Al Qaeda, ISIS, Hamas, all of them are in support of uh, the Taliban leadership at this point. And so we know that. Really, no one makes political moves like like that unless they have something to gain by it. Yeah. No one just does it. No one has a free lunch. <clears throat> so. No. You scratch my back, I scratch yours kind of. Thing. Right. So what advantage does China have in essentially turning the Taliban slash Afghanistan into a puppet state? Because that's really, that's really what I've- they're doing. I would say I would say the thing that China has to gain the most from it is um, less American involvement. Less American involvement means, um, you know, there are things that China can do, you know, that won't have any kind of American oversight, that won't have any kind of um, basically involvement from America. You know what I mean? Right. And I mean, because I mean, you're talking about we don't want, you know, one of the world's superpowers, you know, and the, and the only, and they're the continuing only, to grow. Thing, yeah. And the only thing that can, can, can quell the superpower is probably a match from another superpower. Yeah. There go us. You know what I mean? And so if we're out of the picture, then they have, they have the opportunity to, to let their influence into the country. And that could mean everything from, um, you know, you know, their, their commerce to their, military systems and, and things like that so right um and, and and i mean but that's that that's all that's always a power struggle it's like okay so if if you're not here who's going to be here you know because if it wasn't right. us then it's going to be someone else you know what i mean right like i mean cold war in cuba you know what i mean yeah you think of uh of, of all the other situations you know what i mean it's so it's, there's always a vacuum that someone is looking to fill in the moment that there's right. an opening you know if it's not it's not America. If it's not China. It'd probably be Russia. You know what yeah. I mean? It probably would be. You know what I mean? So yeah. 
Yeah. As far as uh, economics go, China, they aren't quite number one on the world stage, but they're fast approaching it. Uh, Russia isn't quite there. They're not, their economy isn't super great. Um, it's not like the most that they can do really is they have, they have really good uh, technological advancements and we've already seen some of that stuff, like, you know, hacking stuff and mm -hmm. um, they have like fake uh, social media bots that can create themselves and spread misinformation and on purpose and just tons of stuff like that. And we've seen a lot of that highlighted in the past year. Um, but some of the important things to, to note, if China has the main influence in the Middle East, then um, that gives them economic advantages. And then that also will allow uh, Islamic extremist groups opportunity to honestly uh, repeat or do something worse than 9-11. Because mm -hmm. by handling the situation the way we did, assuming we can fix it somehow, because I don't, I don't really know how we're going to be able to recover from it without something awful happening very soon in Afghanistan. <clears throat> on the other side of that, you know, we've opened ourselves up to another attack. Yeah. Which I don't really see how that wouldn't be inevitable at this point. And not only that, but they have resources from China who would love to see us squished. Yeah. So yeah, there's 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 there is no there's no there's no clean cookie cut way of not having not feeling something. There will be something, even if it's even if it's in the um well we we may even feel it on something like like something like like gas prices and like barrels of oil. We, you know what I mean? Like it's it's yeah. going to well, come, that's the other thing to too. Somewhere. That's the other thing. I I forgot to mention that. If you know, it's realistic to picture uh, the world stage as U.S. versus China, because really that's, in some senses, that is really their mission. They are against us. I mean, in some ways they're against everybody, but just for this situation, they are against us. Having control of the Middle East and the main influence in the Middle East um, Saudi Arabia, among others, have the world's largest oil reserves and production, and they could very easily cut us off, mm -hmm. which really hurts us in pretty much every possible way, especially because our current leadership doesn't believe that we should have more uh, oil independence. Yeah, like I do agree that uh, in regards to like that category of uh, talk, I do agree that we should be responsible with the planet we have. 
This mm-hmm. is the world. This is the earth that God created. We should be responsible and stewards of it and, and do as, as much as we can to uh, not destroy it. <laughs> Cause yeah. we've made a lot of uh, decisions of course, oh, knowingly and unknowingly that are detrimental to the planet. Mm-hmm. I don't think we can really deny that at this point. Um, but if we want to realistically move away from very po- uh, sources of energy that are high in pollution, mm-hmm. we need to do that um, t- uh, strategically. Yeah. And the, it, the apparent strategy of the current administration is to just, just let's just cut over. And that's not a good idea. <laughs> like, yes, we, we would continue to use fossil fuels as an energy source. Um, if we did it strategically over time, yes, we would still have to use them, but we would be uh, making investments in um, like nuclear energy, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, There's actually something I, I've been looking at re- recently. Um, there was some TED Talks or something, and this guy was talking about nuclear energy. And compared, literally compared to all the other source of, sources of energy, including wind and solar, it is by and large for the cost of implementation gives you the most amount of energy for how much uh, you spend on it and the least amount of waste, which I thought was interesting. That's interesting. I would, I would never, I would have denied that. I I would have have immediately thought like solar and wind would have been. Yeah. Timely more cost effective. Well, maybe not wind, but definitely solar. Yeah, because I mean the turbines that you'd have to go for wind are, are yeah too large. But, so yeah, short, what about solar for sure? Yeah, short tangent, um, just in regards to that. So at least according to this guy, who was a huge proponent, he was a huge proponent and and supporter of uh, you know clean energy, and he still is, uh, but mostly like solar and wind and stuff. Um, but there isn't a plan, an effective plan in place to recycle solar panels. Basically, you'll use them for their lifespan and they will get thrown in the landfill. And solar panels have heavy metals in them that will leach into the environment and cause environmental problems. That guy's name is Michael else. Schellenberger, is it? Uh, maybe. He had a couple of TED Talks, I think. Uh, okay. Very good to watch. Very yeah. good to watch. Very informative. Uh, and he has tons of supporting information and scientific data and like chart charts. I love charts. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, there's all that. Was nerd. Cool. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm a huge nerd. I like data. <laughs> um, but yeah, like if we really wanted to be independent of uh, like, just to me, it seems like the most responsible thing. And I, I think this for individuals too. I think the most responsible thing to do is to be as independent and self-sufficient as possible. Yeah. And now I, I, to do I, that, we have yeah, to make right. strategic moves away from having dependence on other countries for certain essential resources. And we haven't done that. And we're so vulnerable to the situation that we find ourselves in. I agree. 
However, I think fiscally, fiscally, financially, I think it would not be in their best interest to cut off America from, you know, from, uh, you know, from fossil fuels and things like that. Fossil fuels only because, I mean, their bottom line is, is, is the fact that they want to make money. And there's no other country that's going to use more energy in that regard of like fossil fuels than America. So if they're wanting to make money. It puts us in a bad position for sure, because it's like right. we're having to be dependent on someone else. But as long as as long as they're making. I mean, as long as they're making the money that they're they're they, they're they're looking to make and they can raise the, the value of oil, you know, right. I forget what it was the last time I looked at it, but like, you know, like what does it normally say around like forty-seven, like fifty-two dollars a barrel? You know, if they if they stay yeah, somewhere around there, you know what? I I don't see them. I don't see them dropping that off anytime soon. But I mean, of course, that still doesn't that doesn't help us. That just says, you know, it, it's a it's like um. It's like it's like a like a, a, a trap cycle that you're living in. It's like we want to make money, right? But we need you, and you can't survive without us. You know. But the truth is, is we can. We just don't. We just don't look into other sources and things like that. So, right. Yeah. You know, right. Right now, it's hovering around seventy dollars a barrel. So, yeah. See. So seventy dollars. That's 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 crazy. I mean, and but yeah. I shouldn't be surprised. Gas is some is up there. It's 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 creeping back up. Yeah, it's it's pretty high right now. Um, I don't. I mean, people blame Biden for some of that, but I I couldn't tell you how that makes sense. It's I I it's, usually it's just assume people just kind of jump to conclusions like, ah, oh, Trump was in and it was cheap. Now Biden's in. Now it's expensive. That's not how that works. I don't think that's okay. the correlation. Like maybe <laughs> no. maybe Biden made some decisions or some policy changes or something that directly affect affects the fuel yeah. industry i'm sure I'm i don't sure really know though i'm not yeah i'm sure I'm it plays a factor it. but i mean there's i mean there's 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 lots of things that go into you know i mean one of the biggest things is supply and demand you know right. maybe maybe they're just in a low supply but the demand is high so ergo the cost goes up I right mean, that, i mean that's simple economics you know right. that's you know but yeah but anyway so i i, I back, had a thought yeah back i had to a thought about the thing yeah, because we're gonna because we're gonna go like long if we keep. Them. Yeah, <laughs> but my I I had a here's the one thing that I keep thinking about, and you know I thinking about the the as Christians, how are we supposed to respond to this? You know what I mean? Yeah. And the one thing, and I, I literally, I, I literally preached this in my sermon last week. You know, the one thing that I I, I said this in my sermon. I said. As Christians, we should not raise our flags for one thing and actively silence another, right? Like, it's bad what's happening in Afghanistan. It is terrible what's happening in Afghanistan. Like, it's horrible. And as Christians, that should break our hearts. You know, from, like, seeing, seeing people hurt, regardless of, you know, Republican, Democrat, and whatever, regardless of any of that. It should break your heart as a Christian to see God, you know, people that the love the Lord loves in, in states of peril and, and distress. Yeah. And the and the, the 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 conversation that I hear among Christians is is frankly appalling. If I if I can be honest, it's it, it appalls me. Like what and I, I 
so and so so here's one of the things that I hear. It's that I I, I the the statement that I hear all the time of God blessing America and not blessing other nations. Like, why wouldn't you want God to bless other nations? You know, what and, and when I say nations, I'm not talking about government systems, I'm talking about the people that live there. Yeah, just I'm talking about territories the, exactly. where, where people I'm, live. Yeah. Yeah. I'm talking about the individuals. I'm talking about the families. I'm talking yeah. like, listen, just because someone just because someone is not a Christian doesn't mean I don't want the best for their life. Doesn't mean I don't want them to be, yeah. you know, to yeah, have. We have, should want everybody to know Jesus and, and be saved. And we yeah. shouldn't want evil or tyranny to rule over anybody. Yeah. And so I, I hear the argument of, you know, it's because they're against America as if America is the one nation that God can bless. Newsflash, America wasn't the nation that God said he was going to bless. It was Israel. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, like, and I know, and I, 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 I always worry when I talk about this because it sometimes it has, it has the, 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 the tendency to sound very, anti-american which is not what i'm being at all i'm right i just understand that the world is bigger than me and it's bigger than my country and i want god to bless each and every person that i come in contact with i and i said this too i said it is my responsibility as a christian to not just get to heaven but to bring as many people as i can you know what i mean and so yeah we may have we and i know we're going to have the, the next influx issue that comes with this with Afghani refugees and right. and things like that and having to deal with more levels of undocumented Im- Im- immigrants and all those things. And, and again, there is a level of concern as American citizens that we should have. There is no doubt that, you know, there is there should be a process that we understand and 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 you know for people coming into the country. We should. But at the same time, if there's an opportunity for someone to get to know Jesus and the way they get to know Jesus is by being in this country and then they get to have a, a relationship and a conversation with someone that could help them accept Christ, wouldn't it be worth it? Right. You know what I mean? It's, 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 it's hard. You know what I mean? I get it. It's like, it's like, you don't want to, you don't want to be too much one way, but you don't want to be too much the other. But it's like, if we're, if we call ourselves Christians then we got to love people, we gotta yeah. love people. We and that's gotta be first. That's gotta be that's gotta be the first thing. That's got not the the you know what? Well, let me let me let me do this first. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, when I started seeing stuff happening over there, you know, I I, I was obviously upset and confused at how we could make these decisions and go about things this way. And you know, as I hear a lot of people saying, you know, well, the Af- Afghani people, you know, they should just stand up for themselves and they should, you know, fight on their own and, and all, all that stuff. And I'm just like, I, I look at this, this stuff coming out of there and, you know, I follow a number of um, like uh, social media outlets on like Instagram and they, they'll share stuff on their page that, they get sent it's like firsthand pictures and videos and stuff literally mm-hmm. from right on the ground when where stuff's happening yeah and i see this stuff coming through and i, I won't even describe it any of it because it's just it's literally it's 
some of the most awful things you could see from humanity. It's literally mm-hmm. like, I, I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that it's akin to stuff that happened from World War II mm-hmm. in Nazi Germany. It, um, it's just awful. And I see that mm-hmm. and I see the way that our leadership is, is choosing to handle the situation and just, you know, it, it just feels like we're abandoning people that still need help. And I honestly, like as Christians, I feel like we should look at any situation, any time that like. Anytime someone needs help, anytime someone yeah. needs some, some sort of support, we, Christians should be on the front line leading yeah. the charge with helping them. Whenever we see oppression and tyranny yep. ruling over people. We should see that and say, no, that is not right. Every, like, there's a very good reason that the founding fathers put together the Bill of Rights. And it was, you know, they laid it out based off of what they understood about what were essential rights of every human being. And I honestly believe that all of those things are God-given rights to literally every human. And it's not like, it's not just a list of things that Americans have a right to. It's, it, it should be looked at as a list of things that every single human being has a right to. Everybody should have the ability to defend themselves. Every person should be able to speak without fear of Mm-hmm. being arrested and no one should have to be afraid of the, you know military or police forces coming in forcibly staying in your home like it's just all that stuff and i mean that's the definition this, of independence i mean that's what that is right like but but like as christians if we see anything happening in our country and any other country and we see someone oppressing someone else regardless of what it is in the name of we should look at that and know that it's wrong and want to do something about it and if we have the means to crush tyranny then we should be doing it but here's the thing people pick and choose what they want to be upset about and oh 100 and, and it, it ultimately always comes down to one thing. How much does, how much does this affect me? How much does this affect me? Yeah. If, it, if it costs me something, then I really don't want to be involved. You know, like, and, and I know this is, um, this is a, like a taboo topic with it, but like, yeah. but like, but like even with something like abortion, a lot of Christians yeah. are against abortion because most, people who believe and have that faith do not side with abortion. So right. they're not going right to so. be in a situation where they're going to have to make a decision where like, am I going to consider this or not? Because it doesn't affect them. They have no problem taking a stance on it. But one of the things that every country in America deals with is we, we deal with homelessness. We deal with, with, with poverty. And those are things that a lot of Christians tend to be silent about. 
Yep. And because we've all driven on the road and passed somebody yep. and, you know, and, and made justifications for why that person was in that scenario. Oh, well, maybe they didn't have, they didn't, they didn't get to go to school. Maybe they, they dropped out. Maybe they had, you know what I mean? Yeah. The fact of the matter is, is that justifications should not matter. That person is, is hurting and that person is loved by God. Yeah. So we should care about them. Those pe- the people in the other countries that are, are hurt are hurting and they're loved by God just because it doesn't directly involve you should not be a determining factor of whether or not you care or not. Yeah. 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 hundred percent. Like if you have the means to do something, mm-hmm. then to just do it. Yeah. Like, like, let me put it this way as a country, we do have the means to be effective at helping other countries build themselves up and be able to quell tyranny as a collective. We have the ability to together to do that. But as an individual, you you know, you only have so much that you can do. Yeah. And, you know, if you see someone who's, you know, you know, crying in public or you see someone, uh, someone who's homeless and they, you know, they're sitting on the side of the road, whatever it is, just do something that's within your means. Yeah. If, you, if you have a little cash on you, you could probably live without that. And yeah, that you little cash spare, is not going to kill you. Yeah. How long do you think it's going to take to interact with somebody? Mm-hmm. Literally, like, if you have five bucks and you see someone that looks like they're down on their luck, offer them, offer them some money to help them out and pray for them. How long does that take? Five minutes? Yeah. Ten minutes? And then you're, you know, maybe a little bit late to your next appointment. And then who's going to be like, oh, well, you know, don't yeah. be late next time. Don't stop for a homeless person. How, how horrible is, how horrible are they going to be if you say that's why you're late? Yeah. Like we don't have a good excuse. And no. the other thing about that is you're not necessarily responsible for their outcome, but, no. you, are, but you are responsible for how you respond the to the situation. That's that's the key right there. You are not responsible for their outcome, but you are responsible for how you respond to a situation. Yeah, exactly. You know I, mean? I I I mean it's I mean it's it's Luke ten, but the Good Samaritan. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like, like I mean, and I I I figure most people are are, are you know aware of the story of the Good Samaritan, but I mean yeah. like the last guy, the Good Samaritan. Not only did he carry the guy and help the guy and pay for the guy and get the guy room and board, he also told the guy, listen, if there's any other charges, bill me and I'll pay it on the way back. It's like, yep. he, he, this was an inconvenience. It was because right. it cost the guy some money. But you know what? That's, he was his neighbor. He right. was in need. He needed help. And the people that should have helped that we thought would have helped the Levi, the priest. Yeah. You know what I mean? And And I think the important thing to note about that story as well is that the guy in need and the Samaritan were not just from different cultures, Mm -hmm. but they didn't like each other. Oh yeah. And they probably looked a lot different too than each other. Like there was cultural and racial differences between them. And yet like, 
the Samaritan did the right thing regardless. Yes. Cause it would be like, you know, just related to modern day scenario. Like just imagine, you know, a guy who looks middle Eastern and looks beat up on the side of the road. And, you know, a couple people, you watch a couple people walk by and they don't do anything. They don't even stop to help them out. Mm-hmm. And you as a white American, like, you know, there's, there's cultural differences there's some tension there socially and whatever it is. And in the modern day example, like if you're a Christian and you see someone in need, it doesn't matter what cultural differences there are or racial or whatever variable you want to put in there that you're different. The the thing that's the same is you're both created by God and you have an obligation to help them in that situation. Do something. And again, you're not responsible for their outcome. Like you're responsible to do what you can within your means. Because you know what? Because it's not about them. It's about you. You know what I mean? In that regard, like how you respond is a reflection of yourself, not them. You know, so Mm -hmm. you choosing to justify the way that you're justify away the reason why you didn't do something speaks more to your character than it does about that person yeah you know yeah. what i mean like i mean if, if you want if you want i always say if you want to be used by god then you got to be willing to be used by god in any right. way shape or form like it doesn't matter if you're the ceo or you're cleaning the toilets it doesn't matter if you're the first person in line or the last person in line if you want to be used by god then you got to be willing to be used in yep. any way shape or form yep and as we're starting to wind down the conversation, I think something important to note relating to Afghanistan and our current situation as a country. If we really believed that we should be doing what we need to do as Christians and as the church, we wouldn't have an epidemic of homelessness. We wouldn't have an epidemic of uh, the foster system. Mm. And we wouldn't have an epidemic of horrible, passive, evil leadership in our country. Because if we were fulfilling our, all of our responsibilities as Christians, we would, we would have so much more capacity as a country to go out and do even more good than we're already able to. Mm -hmm. And as the church as a whole, if we continue to be passive the way that we have been for multiple generations, we will not be able to continue doing what we're doing now. Mm -mm. Because if we think for a minute that we are not in a long, a, uh, a long drawn out spiritual war, we're missing the point. Because if we can, if we continue on the original sin, which was passivity, the Adam's first sin was being passive. He allowed Eve to seduce him into, like, he didn't confront his wife about what, what had happened. He was passive. And if we continue that attitude of passivity, our everything that we believe in and everything that is a part of our mission is going to be 
steamrolled and we will not be able to do it freely anymore. Yeah. And the only way that we're going to roll back what has already happened that's negative in our country, we have to start taking this seriously. But we can't start to do that if you can't even start to pay attention to even these little things that we're talking about. You have to start with you. And once you have you taken care of and you're acting the way you need to, move up from there. Turn it into a group thing. Start getting other people doing that and Mm -hmm. grow it from there. And honestly, it doesn't, it really doesn't take that much effort to go from just the individual level to the collective level. Yeah. Moving from the sidelines to being in the game. Like literally, honestly, the, the, the real pandemic in our country isn't even the virus. It's fatherlessness. We are fatherless as a, as a nation. That's, you can trace so many social issues back to absent, absent fathers, whether they're, they've taken off or are just absent from the situation. Or not being good. Yeah. They're not being good fathers period. Yeah. But to go further than that, not only are we fatherless as a nation in that regard, we're fatherless as in we don't, we do not hold ourselves accountable to our heavenly father. No, as a society. Definitely not. Definitely not. We don't have a, we don't have a, we don't have, we don't have an accurate view of what a relationship with, 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 with God should look like. Yeah. You know, we, we, we come to church and we look for, what can we get from church? You know, mm-hmm. we, we enter into relationships and it's like, what can I get for me? Like our, like today, our whole mentality is secure the bag. You know what I mean? Get your bag, get your money, get your, get your status, get your, you know, and it's like, yeah. you know, the, the, the father, the father, the father sacrifices, the father sacrifices everything for the sake of his family, for the sake yeah. of his children. And he does so freely. Yeah. Knowing that he's making the, he's making his, his situation better, you know, for his loved ones, you know, and yeah, you know, that's, that's how it should be. Yeah. That's how it should be. I think the, the sad irony of how people look at the state or uh, status of our country is everyone's like, well, you know, we need to pray for our country. We need God to step in and to do stuff. I'm like, God's, you know, if you look through scripture, he doesn't usually just do stuff on his own. He really likes to do things with his people. Mm -hmm. He, He wants to do it together. And if we actually want things to get better in our country, we need to start doing something. Because if you do something for the sake of good and love, God is in that. And the more people you can get behind that in prayer and, and wisdom and love, we can, we can turn this country around and it will not be that hard. 
I think I think a I think a good scripture reference for for people really trying to understand that of you know what's my part to play, and I think is in Romans too. If anyone you know listening um, is is is, is just thinking about that, he talks about how you know um, you're not like the people are not just a Jew because they're they're born that way, but you know. Uh, he is a Jew because his heart is right with God and his religious acts are, are, are because like, the religious acts are not just something that they do, but it's something that they believe. And because it's something they believe, it's not just lip service. You know what I mean? And yeah. so as that relates to the father, it's like, as that relates to our, our country, you know, if we are, 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 are believers, then the name is not enough. It's got to be written on your heart. And if it's written on your heart, then that means the things that break God's heart should break your heart as well. Yeah. The things that God cares about, you should care about as well. And I'm not saying that we don't mess up and we don't make mistakes, but what I'm saying is, is that if you, if you call yourself a Christian, if you call yourself a believer, then you have the responsibility to act in the way that God calls you to act. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, and that that's what it comes down to. Yeah. So I think I think that plays into how I think we should close. And that's as Christians, how should we how should we respond to the situation with Afghanistan and our country? And yeah. I think that there's a couple of things that you can do. First and foremost, despite what people may say, prayer does work mm-hmm. and prayer is important. Um, and whenever it is that you are setting aside time to pray, uh, you should pray for not just the Americans stuck in Afghanistan, even though you should, and not just Christians that are stuck there, uh, and the churches that are there, uh, pray for everybody who is in Afghanistan and, you know, pray for everybody there. Pray that God would provide a means to either help to get them out of that situation or that they would be able to meet him before someone ends their life. Because yes. that's a very real possibility. Yes. And also pray for the leadership of this country that... Regardless you know, of how you feel about them. Yeah, regardless, yeah, regardless of how you may feel about them and their decisions or, you know, how how poor their decision-making has been, um, you know, God can turn anybody's heart around. He can hook anybody. So mm-hmm. pray for our leadership. Uh, pray for our, our soldiers. And uh, anyone that comes to your – or anyone that's laid on your heart, pray for them in this situation and then the other thing i would say is you know kind of take advantage of this situation as kind of a wake-up call too like we see that you know how our leadership uh is decided to act and um the effect that that has and you know, if you're someone who has ever considered getting active politically or 
you know, socially uh, being influential or something, you know, I fully believe that God can bless those uh, pursuits hundred percent. And if you feel called to those things, then you should start doing that in grace and truth and love. Yes. I yes. think you would be a hundred percent honoring God and his calling on your life by doing that. And not only That's... would you be doing that, but you would be do you would be a force for good for not just this country, which it needs, but the mm -hmm. world, every single thing that you do in the, in the name of Jesus and in love will have a ripple effect through the world. You need to do what you're called to do. Yeah. And, and, and even if you're not called to those things, you know, the work with the stuff that we said earlier, start small, do little things for people, pay for the person behind you at the, uh, in the drive-thru. It just start with something stupid, simple like that and work your way up and encourage other yeah. people to do that. But I think, I think that for the most part covers how we can, as Christians, we can respond to this situation and anything else that you would add to. No, I think that, I think that's good. I mean, we, I mean, uh, very, very quick story. Yeah. You know, Michelle, my wife, um, she went to Aldi's one day after a church, you know, so she's, you know, she, she's looking good. She's dressed like appropriate. Like, you know, like she's got nice clothes on. She's with my daughter. My daughter's got a dress on. Sure. And just people were showing her this, these amazing acts of kindness. Some lady paid for her. You know what I mean? And like I said, my wife was dressed like she didn't need it. She she clearly didn't need the help, but this lady decided to pay for her. Um, and Michelle noticed that she was paying with like her, her, her EBT card. And the reason why that's important is because Michelle remembers that. She talks about it to this day, just the yeah. act of kindness and love. Yeah. That person showed, you know what I mean? So you never know yeah. the, the, how, what, what a person is going through and how much of an impact you can make on their life. Yeah. just by showing you know god love yeah 100 percent. Yeah. yeah i'll share a quick story too that's kind of similar and uh then we can wrap up yeah so i i don't remember exactly when it was but on this particular day i was just feeling very overwhelmed by just life in general um i was having just emotionally a hard time um i think it you know i've had somewhat recently started a new job at the time and I was just super stressed out and I just felt overwhelmed by it, literally everything. And I was like, I was like, you know what? I don't feel good. I'm going to like stop at, at this. I don't know if Taco Bell still has like breakfast stuff, but I stopped at the Taco Bell drive through and I was going to grab something because I was stressed out and sometimes I don't deal with it the best when I eat, I eat stuff that I probably shouldn't. <laughs> and I was just I was going through the, the drive-thru and whatever and I still remember whoever was in front of me they had like a black Hummer it was like you know I think it was like the H2 or something big old Hummer whatever they were going through the drive-thru and I remember you know they pulled away I remember pulling up to pay and um, the per the cashier said oh hey that person paid for your food. Uh, hold on a minute and let me bring it out to you. And let me tell you, 
that was probably the exact moment that I needed a, a little bit of a, a boost, just feeling like somebody was looking out for me. Mm-hmm. It was like the perfect timing. And I had hundred percent, like, I don't know who that person was. I don't know if they're Christian or whatever that it was. That kind of doesn't really always, always matter. God works in ways that he wants to through who mm-hmm. he wants to sometimes. And that was honestly the, the boost in morale that I really needed that day. And all of that to say that, again, it could be something stupid, simple that you think is not going to have that much of an effect, but it may very well be the action that that person needs that in that day to keep them carrying forward onto whatever it is that God may have for them. Yeah. Cause honestly, like you don't know what someone's going through. And if you have even a little inkling that you can do something nice for somebody, you should do it. If, mm-hmm. if it's within your means, you should do it. So, Agreed. so I know that this topic is heavy. Um, you know, there's a lot of heavy stuff going on in the world, but yeah. you know, we should not just, we shouldn't get caught up in all the negative of what's happening. We should look at it and take it as um, an opportunity to pray and an opportunity to be motivated to go do something good to try and counteract it. Agreed. Agreed. And we'll talk about, I'm sure this will come up again. We'll, there'll be, cause I know this, this story isn't done. So there'll be. No, no, no. Yeah. I'm sure that there'll be more things to happen. Yeah. Um, you know, we're and the situation isn't concluded yet. So the, I'm yeah, sure there's yeah. still more to be done and to talk about. And, uh, yeah, so I'm sure we'll touch on it some more in the future as uh, as stuff develops. Yeah. So hope everyone can take something encouraging away from this. Uh, definitely be motivated from this too, because um, honestly, um, the time of of being passive mm-hmm. is uh, long gone. Yeah. Uh, we can't keep being passive anymore. We have to do. We have to take our callings seriously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. can't just sit sit around sit on our hands it's not good enough so all right guys uh thanks for listening and uh we'll see you next time all right see you guys <laughs>